Welcome to the Caregiver Conversations podcast. My name is Antonia Harbin-Lamb, and I am the Program Manager for Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. The purpose of this podcast is to provide information and resources for caregivers so they can be more successful and effective caregivers. This podcast is being sponsored by the Prevent Initiative. The Prevent Initiative funds programs focused on elder abuse and neglect prevention. Today, we will be talking to a caregiver. I am very happy to have with me Erin Peets, and we work together at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center. Erin Peets earned her bachelor's degree at Eastern Michigan University and her Juris Doctorate at Wayne State University Law School. She was admitted to the State Bar of Michigan in 2003, and Erin is currently the grant manager at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center, which is a very important job, crucial for us to get funding and really maintain our services. Erin is also an informal caregiver for both of her parents and her young child, and sometimes her husband. Erin is also a very accomplished and talented writer. Thank you for joining me today, Erin. Thank you, Antonia, for having me. So you have so many roles that you take on currently, obviously at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center as mom to Shay and wife to Shane and you're a caregiver. So I wanted you to just tell us how you define the word caregiver. What does that mean to you? Well, so my definition of a caregiver is someone that is taking the responsibility to give care to somebody else. And and it's even if it's in just a small way. So it's the neighbor that goes and gets groceries. It's your friend that calls you and makes sure you're okay once a week. So uh, even the smallest things can make you a caregiver. And Erin, can you tell us about your caregiver story? Sure. When I'm talking about being a caregiver for my parents, that really kicked in a few years ago. But even back in my 20s, I realized I was going to end up being that person responsible to take care of my parents. I knew that eventually that responsibility was going to fall on me. And knowing that and going forward in my life, I've always thought, okay, I'm going to have to pay attention to this. And with my educational background, and I took an elder law and an elder law class in law school, and I thought to myself, this is stuff we could really, really use. So since law school, I've been on my parents to plan for the future and who do you want to do this and that type of thing and to talk about end-of-life planning, basically. So as the years have gone by and they've gotten older, I've gotten more and more into that caregiver role for them. But I would say lately, maybe four years ago now, my parents informed me that they were having financial difficulties. And I knew they were never really that great with money, but I didn't think any, you know, they never said anything like they were having problems or anything like that until that time. And then I was like, oh, and they said, we need your help with this. And I said, okay, they've never asked me to be part of that. They never um, 
shared with me the ins and outs of their finances before. So I took a deep breath and I said, okay, what's going on? And I started going through the bills and things that were needing to be paid and what did it need to be paid and what was going on with their finances altogether. You know, what's coming in, what's going out. I started gathering all that information together. And then from then on, I've taken on the role of, you know, paying their bills for them. And I ended up having to find them a place to live. And I ended up, you know, making these big sweeping financial decisions for them because I just didn't know that my dad, who had been the person that was paying the bills, he just wasn't grasping that concept. He was starting to lose that. And so that's why I'm making those decisions. And my mom has never been involved with those decisions. And that's just how their marriage has worked. And so when they did ask me, it was like, oh, okay, now I need to do this. And so now I do all of that. But then I also help them with taking them to medical appointments taking care of their well-being, making sure they have groceries. I order them groceries and have them delivered, you know, that type of thing. So the responsibilities started off small and they kind of grew as time has gone by. But yeah, a couple of years ago when the financial stuff hit is when I started taking care of a lot more things for them. Wow. Thank you, Erin, for sharing your story with us. Would there be any advice that you would give to caregivers going through the same experience currently? I would say you want to talk about powers of attorney. As soon as you're looking in, you know, as soon as you start getting into that situation where you think you might be, you know, having to do their financial work or trying to help them with their health care, start talking to them about the powers of attorney before it's too late. So that's the one thing. And I I think that, you know, just because of my background, I was on that part of it. Like I knew that's something that needed to be done. But I would say, you know, make sure that you guys talk about it as soon as you can, if you're able to. Right. And because of your background, I mean, you're an attorney, you work in an elder law office, you've, you know, taken the classes. So you know, what's involved in this process even before you probably became a caregiver. But is there anything that you wished that, you know, you could have spoken to a caregiver about before you took on the responsibility? Yeah, I wish I'd had somebody tell me, you know, that even though you have all this information, there's still more. And I wish I had had some resources like in place before this all happened. Like I just I knew document wise and you know I knew some things but I wish I had been told you know you might want to start looking now <laughs> sooner than later for you know eventuality so what what agencies would work with you best and you know you're going to have some idea if you're familiar with like their medical conditions or their financial status um you may have an idea of what they might be going through and so you can't say for sure, but I wish I had had like an opportunity instead of being faced with it all of a sudden, they're like, okay, I know what to do now because I need to go here. <laughs> I wish I had known like, this is the place that you need to go to get this sorted out, or 
this is the place that you should be going for this thing because there were still parts of the process that I wasn't even familiar with. And, um, and maybe, you know, if I had paid a little bit more attention to some of my emails or something <laughs> at work, I might've noticed some of these caregiver resources, but, you know, I just was like so focused on in the moment of trying to get it done. And this all started actually before I started working back at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center too. So there were certain things that I just didn't know was available. So I wish I had had that, you know, somebody that said, you know, you should probably look now and see what's out there that might be available to them with those problems. Yeah, that's really important. Definitely to have somebody you know, like a coach going along with you. Unfortunately, caregivers, a lot of them, yeah, don't have those resources. But can you tell us about some of the resources you have taken advantage of? Like community resources that I have been in contact with. Like I said, my caregiving, my main caregiving duties have started in the financial area. So I contacted uh, Wayne Metro and they have finance counselors through one of their programs. And so I actually met with with a person through that program and we sat down and we looked at their bills. We looked at their credit report. We looked at, you know, anything that had to do with finances. And she helped me plan how to, like the um, bills that were overdue, get those paid. You know, she helped me plan for that. And another of the community resources that I I found helpful was also going to MAP, which is the um, Medicare and Medicaid program. And I was looking at trying to cut as many costs as I could for them to improve their financial health. And I went to them and they were able to help me through open enrollment. And that got their prescription coverage for a lot less than what they were paying at the time. And they didn't know that was an option. So we learned a lot through MAP because my parents didn't even realize that they needed to go through that open enrollment to see if there was something they could switch to to make their costs lower. And that really worked out well for us. Now I have, I've kind of switched to the private sector a little bit because I decided that, well, and my mom did too, but (laughs) we decided that they needed some help with the cleaning. So um, in their apartment. And so I searched on care.com, which, you know, you can, you got to be really, really careful with contacting people out of the blue. I mean, it's probably better to go with a referral if you know somebody that has that kind of a service, but you know, I didn't really have that. So I went through that and I looked for, there was a lot of people that responded to my post and, you know, saying I need a house, somebody to help clean the house a couple times a month. And there was a lot of generic um, replies coming back. So what I really did was focused on looking for those people that actually individualize their answers in response. So I would say if you're going to if you're going to go that route, see if they've paid for the extra background check cuz on that particular site you can do that and then 
Um, I also looked for people that didn't just put, you know, like the, they have like this little, these paragraphs and they're all the same. Like I would have people contacting me two or three times with the same information, the same exact sentences, you know, the same paragraphs describing what they do. And I knew that that was more like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that. So those are the things that I've kind of done um, to help my parents. Okay. Those sound like some great resources, some different things that I had never thought of for sure. I had never heard of care.com, but you do make a good point in terms of being careful and making sure you, you know, do the proper investigation so you know that you're dealing with a reputable person. Another thing that I would like to know in maybe some of our listeners would like to know is some important lessons that you've learned from being a caregiver. Anything different from what you've already told us about yourself or your parents or anything? Lessons I've learned. So I've learned that I can't do everything. I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I don't have the tolerance to do everything. So I always have to remind myself that I am only one person. I can only do so much because I would like to take care of everything and control everything, Mm -hmm. but you can't. So my biggest challenge is reminding myself that I'm only one person. And so I I needed to, and I have been teaching myself how to use other resources, use, you know, like if my brother says he's going to help with something, I say, great, I'm going to rely on you to help with that because I can't do everything. So that's the kind of thing that, I mean, that you have to realize is that you're just one person. You don't want to take it on all yourself and you have to take care of yourself too. Like I, I'll go for a massage every once in a while because I need to relax. I work full time. I have a small child, take care of my parents. I get stressed out. So I have to, you know, take some time for myself and relax. So if it means going to have a massage, fine. If it means going to get my hair cut, fine. But those are things that I have to do so that I am not so stressed. That's a really important point too, Erin. Definitely taking care of yourself as a caregiver. One last thing. Can you tell us about the caregiver resources available at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center? Because you are responsible for implementing some of those programs Tell us about those and tell us about how anybody could contact the Elder Law and Advocacy Center. All right. So at the Elder Law and Advocacy Center, we do the caregiver legal advice. What our programming is for is to provide those that are over 60 free legal services. But a lot of times those older adults are going to have caregivers that need assistance dealing with those situations as well. So if you have somebody, you know, a caregiver might even contact us and say, I think my parent needs a guardian or, you know, my aunt or my grandma or something like that. We'll take a look at that situation and see, we have to talk to that person, 
you know, we can advise that person um, whether or not if we assess the person they're concerned with, and then we can take that information and, you know, we could advise on what a guardianship is and how you go about that process. There are other things that we've been doing with caregivers. We've partnered with the Safe Caregiver Empowerment Program through the Wayne State University um, Institute of Gerontology, which is a mouthful. And so we're, we're providing, so they deal with the finance parts of it too. So they're um, offering to caregivers like a financial, um, kind of like what I had was uh, just some financial planning type things and, you know, trying to teach them how to deal with the finances in those situations. And so we've been providing some legal support to that program. Also, we work closely with Hannon Center, which is in Detroit. We have social workers and a lot of programs that help older adults out in the community. And so we work really closely with them on several projects. We've also done like legal intakes through them. So if we, we feel like there's somebody that needs some assistance in that area in getting resources to their older adults, then we can um, refer them to Hannon Center. We also can refer people. We have a lot of referral sources throughout the community. So if you can't find what you're looking for or you think you have a legal issue you need guidance on and it turns out that maybe that legal issue isn't so legal after all, we can probably get you in touch with somebody that might be able to actually help. We always have different um, resources that are coming in. We basically get constant information from different programs that are in the community that can help out, especially now with COVID. There's a lot of information flowing and I know, Antonia, you and I are in the same boat when it comes to our emails. You open it up and there's just all this information. And so we know that there's a lot coming in and out of all the programs in the area. And so we have that information. We can share that knowledge. And we're happy to do so. Yes, we can. And can you tell them or everyone how they can contact the Elder Law and Advocacy Center. Our phone number is uh, 313-937-8291. Also, we do have an email that if you have any issues, like if you have a disability and you have a hard time using the telephone or any number of things, we do have an email as well. And that's elderlaw at wcnls.org. And hopefully soon we will have our own website Stay tuned for that. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today, Erin. Thank you for having me. This is Antonia Harbin-Lamb. Thank you for listening. For more information about our mediation program and more podcasts, please call 313-937-8282 or find us on Facebook at Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. It's where families coming apart come together.